Hello, fam. This is Ro, and you're listening to Sick of Being Sick. Please follow, like, subscribe, or do whatever it is that your app does to listen to our upcoming episodes. Hello, fam. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. As you may see from the cover art, I am doing a little uh, friends series. And about a month ago in November for my birthday, around 20 of my friends flew to Madrid from all over the world to celebrate my birthday with me. And that just gave me the idea of sitting down with every one of them and not all 20, but some of them, the closest ones, um, and asking them about their experience on, you know, processing having a close friend going through a diagnosis as such. I know that if one of my friends were to go through something like this, I would probably react really different than what I'm reacting to to myself. So just having those open conversations, um, get ready for some tears, a lot of honesty, and very enlightening conversations. How did you feel when you first found out about what was going on with me when I was at the hospital? So I think there were... I think. There were like two, I guess, like main uh, like news moments. I remember the, the, I don't know why, but the first, like the, the very first piece of news you sent, which I think was, uh, there's like a mass in my brain. That was like by far the most like crushing moment. And I, I've, I've thought about this why since then, but I'm not really sure. It just almost felt like, I remember reading that and like this like, like visceral physical reaction of just like helplessness and almost like, oh, it's very clear there's now, there's going to be like, this is going to be like a very long process. And there's like two, this is like a defining moment. Oh, there'll be like a relationship before this, relationship after this. I know like we still didn't know much, but I was like, okay, this, this is going to be quite serious. And um, that, I don't know why, that like that, that was like one of the, I don't think I've ever felt anything like that before in my life. Where were you when you found that? I was at home. I was just about to go to the gym. Uh, so I was like in my gym clothes and I was sat uh, in my kitchen I was like halfway through a conversation with my parents, I remember. Um, no, I really remember like this crushing feeling, like this like weight on me. And then I was like, I remember I just asked, asked you loads of questions. I was like, I need to know more. I need to understand more. But it's like a feeling of helplessness where you just don't really know what you can do or how you can help. It was, it was awful. But every, every, and then obviously there were moments after that which were just you know, very, very difficult. But I felt like more like, oh, I, there are actions here that I can take or there are things that I can do. Or like, I, I think there's a lot. The worst is the unknown, I think. Like that period between getting the first news and then not knowing is just like speculation and your mind wanders to the worst places. I don't know, you, you might have had the same thing where like once you have a bit more details on the facts, even if they're really bad, really negative, at least it gives you some kind of something to work towards. And then I think when it was like a week later, was it? Yeah, two weeks post-surgery, when it was, like, confirmed it was more serious. Yeah, it was, it was just, like... I'd, I feel like I'd already, in a way, like, prepared myself for that eventuality. I don't know why I just had. I just thought, if that's, if that's the way it's going to be. So I feel like I'd already gone through the worst emotions, and then it was just about, like, okay, how do I help, or what can I do? And it's just, like, a very helpless situation, because there isn't much. And then I think the day... I, and yeah, the, it was like the day I found out about your diagnosis, like the, the day after um, I found out about like an immediate family member who had, had a similar, 
not not serious, but like a you know, cancer diagnosis. And it was yeah, it was like a very, it was just like this kind of pile on effect. Um, and I kind of had to. That I I almost had that like that for I mean, it's a very similar feeling. I'd never in my life had those two feelings where uh, I receive a piece of news like that that just really like sh- like shocked me, shook me. And then it happened again about two weeks later. And it's different when you're like physically there with the person. You suddenly feel like you kind of have to click into gear. Um, and I had this like immediate responsibility for my family and stuff. Um, it was yeah, and that whole and a similar thing. We like received the diagnosis that something was wrong, but we didn't know what. And there's this two week period or so where you just. I remember that for both of them, the the the, the days following are just like you don't you can't you can't really think of anything else. Mm-hmm. And I used to remember thinking. For both of them, he's probably thinking like, oh, like how do, how, how am I get to, going to get to a stage where I, like, I'm going to enjoy life again? Like I'd re- really just like consumed it. It's all, all I thought about. I used to, I was working at the time, so I would distract myself with work as, as you can imagine. And then that, that was like the only, I guess, distraction. But I felt like if I didn't do that, then I would just, you know, collapse. So then I think with the, with the stuff over my family, like, that that probably happened over I, I like the timelines are all very mushy yes. in my head but that that whole thing probably lasted about six weeks um where they had an operation it was successful um and touch wood everything's okay and i i feel like the news with you then really hit me like hard after that it, it hit me hard but i almost had these two things to contend with they weren't competing. They were just two very different things. And then I just had moments. I, I, with you, I, like, I, the, the worst moments probably came then. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I had a bit of a delayed reaction to, to some of it. Or I had these like, crushing moments of realisation. Um, were yeah. you triggered by something? Or like... I don't know. No. I think... I think I, I just processed it. In, a, in like a delay, like not delayed way, I processed it badly, but I, I remember it really hit me harder than it had in a way that I didn't think that it, or didn't, I wasn't expecting. With me, it's like a nighttime thing. I don't know if you get this, but like in, in the day, and this is the way I've always been. You know. Maybe, but like, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. In the day, I have like, everything feels kind of positive with me and like I could be positive about things. For some reason at night, I get like my mind wanders to work, like slightly darker places, or I, maybe I start to think about the like problems in my life. And so there were just like a couple of times where I had these like like crushing realizations, and maybe it was triggered by like or remembering a past moment we've had, or or maybe it was like the length of time that we hadn't been together had just increased, and I was like, oh, I really miss bro, bro. and then I'd think about like what you were going through, and it would be like. Uh, I just have like really horrible times trying to deal with it. When you say processing what is happening to me, what is in your head happening to me? I, I'm thinking about the literally the, the emotions you're feeling and the fear you're feeling. I, I just I, I literally picture you like what what is Ro doing right now and how is she feeling? And it would like it would like weigh on me because I'd just be like that's just it just feels unfair. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I can literally picture you, in, whether it's you in the hospital or you're in bed, and like what you must be going through. And I just think like, 
it, it just feels unfair and it's like difficult for me to to come to terms with it isn't fair there's no. no no answers to that no it isn't fair if, yeah we can't get an answer to the why no um, but I guess how does it feel now to see me versus like the virtual <laughs> you know you probably because distance allows and virtual friendships allow yeah. for so much like imagining mind wonders yeah yeah it feels it's really good like I feel much better since I've seen you because you just you just you know I think you said it uh, yesterday where you, you're probably more yourself than you ever have been. And I think that's true. <clears throat> I think like, it, yeah, it feels great to see you. I think like something I've always, I thought a lot about with you is that um, what, what what everyone says whenever they, they, they talk about you is like uh, how like strong you are and how strong you're being about it, which is like true. And it's, and it's like the, what everyone is inspired by, I'm inspired by. What I'm always cautious of is like, I hope people understand how hard it must be as well. Mm. Like, that's the one thing I like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, like, I know what you mean. Like, I think, like, you are, like, you are such a strong person and, and I don't think there's anyone who would have dealt with it as well as you have. But I, I like, I, when people say that, I also think, like, you do know that it must be, like, the most horrific thing to have to deal with and that, and that's, like, okay to also feel like that. It shouldn't be, like, because strength is often an external thing as much yeah. as an internal thing. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm, like, I'm really happy to see you, but I also want to make sure that, it's you know you're good yeah yeah i am good yeah you seem good <laughs> i am probably at a and i think the podcast has really helped me but i i'm really at a point where i'm like super at peace with what's happening right now mm. and i am learning more than ever how to live in like the now yeah i was very much living in the future mm. i think it's also fair this is why I wanted to do this episode. I think people need to acknowledge as well how those around us, sick mm. people, mm. Um, process it because it's always about the sick person and not enough about like the people around them. Yeah. I think like for I, for example, um, for Lauren who has like doctor parents, mm. for her it was really fast and easy, not easy, but it was fast to realize like how severe the diagnosis yeah. is. And I think, like, that's the hardest, hardest thing for me. Like, I, I realize how severe my diagnosis is, but I don't think people around me at times realize how severe the diagnosis is. Yeah. So, like, the... And there's hope, like, I have hope, but there's been really dark times. Mm. <laughs> and the diet thing, I also relate to that because I've had... I mean, I'm on medicine to yeah. make me fall asleep because I was scared of falling asleep because mm-hmm. I would never wake up. Yeah. So... It almost, it almost takes people like to have to research to, to understand a lot of that as well, right? So did so, you fall down the Google hole? No. Good. <laughs> yeah, I you're never the only person I've spoken. So like, how did you... Is all the information you have about me what has been given to you through like me? Or have you... Yeah, yeah. And, and your podcasts. Yeah. I just exactly. don't... I don't like, and that's not like out of a disrespect for the severity of anything. I just don't think it helps. No, no, no. Like, and it's right because yeah. you can, unless you have my medical form next to you and you're Googling exactly. my exact mm-hmm. diagnosis and like yeah. my mutations and like mm-hmm. literally every single person is a different, it's a whole different world. Yeah. It's, you can't make, yeah. you, you can't paint a picture. I would never, I would, I, I would, yeah. and I, it probably also makes me a little bit squeamish. Did you like, is there a thing that makes you upset the fact of the thought of me dying or the mm. thought of me 
suffering. Like, mm. you know, it's probably the thought of me dying. No, it's more, it was real, and like, it was really the thought of like, us not being able to like have fun together for a while really was like one of the things I used to think about was like, I'd like, I'd like, I remember like a time we had in New York or something and like, those were like really special moments. And I was like, that's probably not going to happen for a while. And maybe, and like, I, I guess I try and avoid going to the, like the darker eventualities, but like that's connected in a way. It's like, um, you know, will we ever get to have these like fun times again? And I, I'd always try and I'd always check myself and make sure I wasn't being selfish like, this isn't about you. This isn't like, do you know what I mean? I think, mm. are you saying, oh, you wish you had Roe back? It's not about that. It's like, yeah. you should be upset for Roe. It's, it's far more. So I'd like, I'd have to check myself sometimes. But it was, it was, um, yeah, it was just like, I think thinking of our friendship. It was like that, like, there aren't many, I don't, there's not many people I have a connection with as, as close as I had with you. And so it was like, oh, that person isn't as accessible to me as they were, um, which is like a difficult thing to deal with. And it's, I, I don't so. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, in, in the way that you were, that we used yeah. to work together every day yeah. and like that. And I'm like not the best person at like, you know, reaching out all the yeah. time and, and being vul- like, I don't like texting. I don't, I don't find, I'm not good at like being myself over text. Yeah. And so it didn't, you know, it was like, and it's great, you know, and we were able to do it still. So I'm like really thankful that like we, I can come here. But in those moments, I would just like, I guess I'd be like nostalgic. And then it would like, yeah, it would really, ups- and then it would, I think the first thing I'd get upset about immediately is like, oh, when will we get to go out, <laughs> go to a club again? And then it would be like, oh, wow, imagine how, like what Roe must be going through right now and like how difficult that must be. And like, that's just, that's, that's just horrible for a friend to have to do that. That is interesting. How has the podcast, like hearing my experience through the podcast, um, made you feel or, you know, helped you process anything? Mm. Because I think for close friends like you, um, what I've tried to do with the podcast is like funnel all my feelings through mm. one medium yeah. and also allow for other people to listen to it yeah, instead yeah. of having to have the same conversation over and over and yeah, over yeah. and over. So I'm curious to hear, you know, how you felt about the podcast, which episodes have stood out the most to you and if there's any questions you have. It's, it's difficult for me to listen to is one thing I will say. You know, like I, I, like I, I have to like psych myself up and it's like, I have to do it in, in batches because it's, it's just like, I, it's like this feeling of helplessness a little bit where I can hear about the, the difficulties you're going through. But then there's also a lot of positive, I think in it, in that, um, similar to, to what we were saying when that like fear of the unknown, like when I don't know how you're thinking or how you're feeling, kind of hearing you talk about it is like helpful, not helpful, but. Um. Yeah, it's, maybe helpful is the right word. Yeah. It just like it puts me at peace a little bit. What was the second episode? I remember that one being really. Is it the C word? Yeah, that I, was receiving the diagnosis. Yeah, I think. He, yeah, I remember that one. I I think hearing your side of that story and because like because because how I said earlier, a lot of the struggles I've had is like imagining the like literally imagining what like how you spent the last few days or how you spent the last few weeks like hearing you retell it and like talking about the like the amount you cried like the the details that's like really difficult to hear because it's just like we are just so far away and there's like nothing we can do about it but i i think it's been overwhelmed like overwhelmingly positive to be honest 
in, in, in a way that I like, I, yeah, I feel like I can, I can just get closer to what you're going through. It's just, it's just difficult because we can't really help or do anything about it. And I think because I had like my close family member as well, they, they also listened to it and it's like a, a been massively helpful for them. Um, as I think British people, we're quite like closed about, we don't talk about these things. We're not very open about the way we feel about them. So, um, yeah, I think the whole, like overwhelmingly positive. You speak a lot about the feeling of helplessness. Mm. How would you define help in this context? I guess like making you feel better in any way. I think the only thing we can really help with is like be there for you. And there's only so much you can do digitally. And like, I struggle with like, cause I, I, like I would, you know, when I was going through that, like a difficult, like this whole difficult time, I've thought about what, where are the times where I've really feel, felt better. It's like when someone has been physically close to me and helped me out. It doesn't really, it's like, there's not much you can do with you know, texting or calling. And so I've always felt like I wish I could just be there. Mm-hmm. And like, my, I think my presence would help in a way, I don't, you know, not even having to do anything specific, but I think people's presence has helped. Yeah. And like the whole, you know, COVID and all this stuff, it just made these like barriers that I just, I wasn't sure when I was going to be able to get there. Um, but we're here. We so that's here. the main thing. Do you have any questions for me? I guess like, how, how did you think I was going to react? I thought it would be hard for everybody just because I think if I got, you know, this news about you, I mm. wouldn't be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... I didn't think it was going to be as impactful for you as it has. What? I don't know. I, as close as we are, we're never emotional with one another. No. So I feel like... I think, I, I think, I think we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I do. I think there have been times where we've been... No, we have been very emotional. Yeah. But we've kept it in like... Yeah, in little moments. moments. Yeah. And I, and I talk to you about stuff that I probably don't talk to other people about as much, mm-hmm. which I don't think is the same for you. I think you have lots of people you talk to those yeah. things about. So like, like for me, one of the hardest, the, one of the hardest things was like, was really like moments where I'm kind of like, do I, do I have someone who, who like has me in the same way Ro does? Like, I think as guys, you have friends for different things mm-hmm. in a way. And you have me for everything. Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah. And but like you we connect on a level which I don't with I think other male friends. Yeah. And I think it's also a a, a, a cultural thing and like American British thing. And like you, I think like of all the people I've known, you're the person who's like pushed me to to be like to to be like that, be more open, be more be more transparent. And I probably am a lot more than I know it might not seem, but a lot more than I was when I first met you, mm-hmm. definitely. And so like a lot of the struggles I had was like, do I have someone like that who will still push me like that? And, and you know, I probably do. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but that's, that was honestly the, the one of the hardest things. Like I'd have, if like, if like uh, there's, oh, I could do with like Rose's opinion on something or. And, and yeah, I know. But I think in the early days it was difficult to be like, oh, by yeah, the way. Of course. Now, yeah. It's easier really now. Different. It has, it has, I, I want to say like, now I'm in a really good place, but a month ago I was shattered. Yeah, yeah. Like I really bad place. Um, that was like where the fear and strength episode came out. Yeah. Um, and 
that was my fault because I fell down the Google Home multiple yeah. times. But I think I am so surprised that you haven't done any research, and I respect that so much. Mm. And I'm grateful for that because you're living this with me and the information mm. that you're given by me. Mm-hmm. I do invite you to ask if you're curious yeah. about like, like I'm, I'm comfortable speaking about my treatment. I'm mm-hmm. comfortable speaking about what doctors tell me. Um, I want this experience, my experience to be as open as possible because yeah. when I was out there looking for people who had gone through what I was going through, there was nobody. No, no, yeah. So that's interesting. I also feel like every single FaceTime we had, we had a FaceTime. You were the only person I FaceTimed in the, in the hospital. Remember really? I my meal? Oh, wow. And I felt like I really had to like, I was like, I need Caddy right now. Really? <laughs> and um, I was I was full of hair, like yeah. wearing my turban. <laughs> it was like a whole look. Um, but I feel like all I saw in your face was like shock. Like I could tell you were tried quite transparent in the the way that you looked at me. And it's not negative, but like in the way that you looked at me, that like fuck, she's going through this. Like I really? can tell in your eyes the way that you're looking at me that like you saw me very fragile, and that was unexpected because I didn't realize that it was gonna hit you that hard. I was probably trying not to show that. I didn't. Yeah. Th- I didn't think you looked like. I think like. <laughs> it looks like but, that specific call. No, but like whenever I Facetimed you, it it, it was and the same as now. Like I, I, you kind of like when you don't. You, you almost think like, oh, they're going to like sound the same or be as animated, but you're like, what? So th- those FaceTime calls are always yeah. pos- like overwhelmingly positive for me. I was never like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I probably, <laughs> I can't imagine what my face would have been like, but yeah. I was, yeah, I was probably just like, uh, wasn't sure how, like what emotion to show yeah. or just shocked. I don't know. Yeah. One of the final things I'll say is, is, well, not the final things, I don't, I don't say that, but <laughs> I'll try to stop the interview. But I think one of the reasons it like hit me really hard kind of, like started to hurt not hurt but like I had these like moments of oh my god like a few weeks later was like when you know when I had my my really immediate family member going through it you were probably the person out of all my friends who reached out the most to ask about them and I was just like this is someone who is not got the time for that or the emotional capacity and so, do you know and I, I was just like like that is just such a yeah, it really just said like a lot about you and like like the way you cared for me. And so like that was just I think that's why there are a few times after I was like like this is this is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I knew that. I knew you were there for me like that, but I just remember thinking I wouldn't I wouldn't even expect you to text once in those moments. Mm-hmm. Because like how could you even think about anyone but yourself then? But you did. I feel like when you're going through something like this, like where a bonded community, so I cared about your family member. I cared about you. I, I could yeah. see my sis. Not I could see my sister, my mom, and my dad going through it. Mm. So I knew. I can only imagine, you know, having those news plus my news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also like. I guess a question would be, what have been your like? Because usually it would be me, but what have been your support systems? Or like, have you spoken about these feelings? To anybody, um, like... not a great deal. No, no. I speak to my my parents, my mum, mainly. Uh, everyone asks, but it's like never a, a long conversation. Yeah, and I yeah I don't know why I think that's just 
Um, I like I tend to fight a lot of my battles on my own, which I don't think is a good thing, but I just do at the moment. It's it will often be like one-off conversations with people when I see them in person, and it's like quite sporadic. Yeah, not because you're reaching out. Not because I'm reaching out. Yeah, I don't know why. That's just that's, that's something I've thought about quite a yeah. lot about. Um, but I, I think I'm well equipped. Is what I will say. Like I'm, I'm I think I, I'm like good at dealing with things. Yeah. But I definitely should be a bit better at. Like, I think there's a, I think there's a, a lot of people feel this. You feel like you're annoying someone or like, why? Like a burden. Your burden. Exactly. I probably go through that sometimes, but yeah, you, you've been my support system for you, (laughs) weirdly. Um, Yeah. And I can still be, it sounds like contradictory. Yeah. Contradictory. But I feel like I can still, like I kind of said, a set of rules for how I'm going to deal with this mm. for myself. I'm like comfortable being there for other people. Mm. I think some of those rules are like, I stopped saying I have cancer because the tumor was removed from me. I'm going through treatment for cancer. Yeah. Um, but I'm also realistic of the fact that like brain cancers are, there's no cure, mm. but I'm also hopeful that like research advances yeah. every fucking day. Mm-hmm. Um, another rule that I've set myself is I don't worry until proven otherwise mm. since recently. So, you know, I'm a very <laughs> rational person and yeah. I love a stat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And similar to like how I process my whole like left side of the body possibility of being, you know, mobilized or immobilized or can't we say. Um, I asked my doctor, my oncologist, I was like, because she said, the worst thing that can happen is that your your tumor grows during treatment because it means mm. that it's fighting the drug. Yeah. Um, but when she said that, she didn't give me a possibility. Like, yeah, you need like 10 minutes. So I went home and classic real dramatic roles. I was like, I'm dying this year. Mm. <laughs> I was like, it's going to grow back. And that negative thinking like really got the worst out of me mm-hmm. but also the best because it was what made me make this and like really start speaking about it in a yeah. really raw form and then I asked her um, the other day I was like what are the chances of it going back and she said it's 20% and I feel like after that meeting with the oncologist mm-hmm. I am like a whole new person like mm-hmm. a whole weight was lifted off my shoulders it's still a number of course there's a 20% chance but like to prove it otherwise, yeah. it's not a possibility. That was really, your favorite. And she not. said, after that, it's 50-50. So for me, like, this year is so, so, so important because mm. if this year goes well, I feel like I'm off to a really good start. Yeah, yeah. And everything's gone really well up to now. Um, I've just gone attended. No, I, I think that's really... Sorry. That's <laughs> really... But, like, I, I think what I've found really interesting is because I feel like I know you professionally as well as I know you personally it's like I can see the way you're almost like going you know uh how you're approaching things to make yourself be better through like a a strategist lens Mm -hmm. do you think that's helped in a way so much yeah my mom and I in the hospital like I sat down my mom and I was like we're gonna give ourselves five goals. Mm-hmm. Goal number one is MRI number one. 
Goal number two is getting showered for surgery. Goal number two is drink. Number three is drinking the shitty thing that I have to drink for surgery. Um, goal number four is being yeah. post surgery, and goal number five is getting home. And we just like just get through it. Yeah. Every single one, we just look at each other. We're like, okay, we keep going. And my mom has been the one who's been like literally hunting me down to be like, can we do this again? Like we need to do this again so that she feels good about what's mm-hmm. going on and feels like she's in a you know, has a more objective yeah. approach to it. But I think for me, it's it's really helped me. And then the problem is when you're past this year, yeah. because there's a 50-50 chance of regrowth after this year. But there's a 50-50 chance of, a lot of, things. of so many things, yeah, yeah. you know? Like, I used to get on airplanes and always think I'm going to die on this flight. Yeah. I think I could go in an airplane right now and probably just not think that anymore. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, really my, the day, the day before um, surgery, like, it's playing surgery. It's a hardcore surgery. I mean, you can see my spot right mm. now. Like, it, it wasn't a joke of a surgery. It's a no. full of craniotomy. And the day of my surgery, I was, like, so, like, scared and crying mm. and whatever. And then... Uh, when I was in the pre-op, where I was alone in this like dark room, and the woman came and she was like, "Are you scared?" And I was like, "Not mm-hmm. really." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "I feel like I'm in the hands of the most, like the best professionals, and like just like people trust me with my work, I have to trust yeah these people with their work yeah." And it's like I know it's difficult, but you you can't control it, so yeah. you got to be stoic about that. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, this week, I'm just, I'm so fucking happy that everybody's here. And I, mm. I feel like if there's one thing I have, I'm probably going to cry about this. But if there's one thing I've come to realize throughout this, it's like how much people love me mm-hmm. and how much support I have. Mm-hmm. Because, but at the same time, it terrifies me because I'm like... If I die, all these people will be sad. <laughs> mm. I mean, they will be, but like you said, that's that doesn't. It just it doesn't feel like a. It to me just doesn't feel like a possibility right now. I feel it yeah. just feels like that. It doesn't right because yeah. I feel so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's so you, a weird but like thing. there are other milestones. Yeah, there are just yeah. too many other milestones which feel yeah like very achievable. Yeah, definitely. I need to. I'm trying to focus very much on the now. Mm-hmm. And if that means like we have to go back to working together, we do that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like if that's where we met each other, I'm freelancing now. So if you want to hire me for something, I'm here. We should <laughs> so, be working together. You know, like. So. Yeah, that's that's the thing I miss. Probably more ending is just working together, hundred yeah. percent. I guess for context for this podcast, <laughs> I need to give a, con- yeah. a bit of context of this. Um, Caddy is my work husband. So I guess that's all context needed, um, and that's how we formed our friendship. But then I feel mm. like I, very, I was very like adamant about making you my friend yeah. outside work, <laughs> yeah. which was maybe strange, but no, it was. It's like the I don't think anyone had had an impact on me in the way you did, like or just like decided this person's gonna. Because I still felt new to New York. I was yeah. only probably there. I probably only there a year. But I feel like yeah, because I've been so I've been the new person so many times. Yeah, right. I feel like I had. 
yeah, I didn't really, I didn't know anyone at that point. And then like, I feel like my New York experience started the, the, that night out we went to, <laughs> um, someone's Which one because the very first one with me and Sinclair. No, we went to like a club one. Oh, no, we went to Teresa's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, cool. I have people in New York that I can go, I can go out with. Yeah. When will we get to do this again? Hang out after this. You can come see me anytime. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. I, that's why was my biggest like anxiety was like trying to get to see you, but I just yeah. didn't want to do it when like. I'm here and like the best thing is like starting December 1st and starting to work. So we, you can I, come at any time and like. I'm staying at my dad's, but I'm, I'm, we can get an Airbnb together and just work yeah. together. Because I also need that. I feel like the yeah. best, the one thing that people don't realize is that I've, there's one thing I'm going through, which is this giant in the room all the time, yeah. which is the reason I'm bold. <laughs> um, and then there's another thing is that my life has changed. Yeah. 360. Like, I, left my life in New York. I'm, I was working. I'm not working anymore. Like I went from being a fully independent woman mm. to living in my dad's house. Mm. And like, that stripped me so much of like my identity and my strength of who I was that, you know, like, and also all, I have friends in Spain, but they're not my closest friends. Cause I've always yeah. been abroad. Like all my closest friends are here yeah. this week. And like a visit from you for a week, will recharge me for a month. Mm. Like this is gonna, I will be really upset when everybody leaves, but I will be like, recharge. it's gonna give me so much, yeah. so much strength. There's this book that my dad skipped me um, about how your brain heals your body, which mm-hmm. is kind of ironic <laughs> given the circumstances. Yeah. But um, it's all based on like neurological research and uh, medical research. And Japan is a country with the highest life expectancy. Mm-hmm. And they, specifically the island of Okinawa, has like a strange amount of people above, above the age of 100 years old. Yeah. And they have, they believe it's because of two things. There's, they have one thing which is called Ikara, which is um, just like a goal for life. Mm. Not in the big spectrum of life, literally just like what you're going to do tomorrow or like having constant goals and like things mm-hmm. that you are hungry to live for. And then the other thing is called Maui, which is a support system around you that keeps you wanting to live for that. That's cool. And I feel like everybody who's here this week is of, with my family, of course, is my Maui. That's amazing. My support system. Wow. So it's people don't realize how, how important I get it is. for that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. And I think you've, you've almost created those for other people as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Where like a lot of us didn't know each other either. I didn't know any of these people. Yeah. And I wouldn't have well, known them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, we bring Joe and Alessio in. It's like, yeah. it's incredible. What like, and it will probably, we'll keep adding to it. I have one more question. Yeah. Um, like what, how do I make you feel better and how can I do it more? Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you like you, you said it when you in the hospital you said oh I need catty like why like what yeah. what is that and why like how can I do it more do you know what I mean yeah I think it's like I don't think it's my job to tell you what no. you can do more of mm-hmm. I think you have to do more things and we have to communicate more yeah. on what helps and what doesn't mm-hmm. I know what helps I just told you one thing that helps me is like being 
with you physically yeah, yeah. in person. That sounds different. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like communication, like what you did the other day, you're like, I'm getting home, I'm cooking dinner, you want to FaceTime. And unfortunately, mm. I had already taken my yeah. sleeping pill. But I was mm. like, little things like that. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a friend's person. So I, because everybody's so far away from me now, like yeah, just yeah. being there mm. and like making it very obvious, like you're never going to bother me. Mm. That's, yeah, yeah. If that helps you hear it, like yeah, there's, there's never going to be a burden. And if, and I want to hear about your life, I want to hear about, mm the good, the ugly, the bad. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about your nights out and how much fun you had because it doesn't make me feel like, you know, sure. I'm, I'm very accepting of like the moment what's I'm happening. In. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, and I want to hear about your work and I want to hear about mm-hmm. your achievements and mm-hmm. how I can be part of them. Yeah. Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that that's cool. My answer. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely times where I've been like, "Oh, I'd love to speak to her about this," but but that's when you when you when that mess when that thought comes up to your mind, like yeah. message me. Yeah, yeah. Because that would mean so much. Mm. The thing is, like, because at the start, I think this was like the more that I think about it, it's like not a good thing. Um, at the start, there was so much about like, don't bother road, don't bother yeah. road. Let's funnel all communications through one. Mm-hmm. But then I would go on my own and like message yeah. every single individual person. And I'm sure everybody was confused because they were like, I was supposed to be answering to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's made people almost feel like they shouldn't be messaging me. But I'm like, I need, you think about it. Like, you're... You're at work. I have nothing to do. Like, mm. I'm literally in my house making, like, coming up with things to do. Mm. You know, I like spinning, I'm doing the podcast, or I'm like researching something, or like trying yeah. to do projects on my own, or something like that. But, like, it's so hard when you guys are all working and I just want to FaceTime everybody. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you tell me, you know, hey, can I pick your brain about something? Mm-hmm. I'm here, you know? Yeah. Like, that. That would make me feel... I need to feel useful. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So you can help me by making me feel useful. Okay. <laughs> In some way. Just, yeah. I just need to call you way more. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, there was definitely parts of me where... In, I think... Way more in the early days where I was like, oh, we, I don't want to overwhelm her. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, I think she'd probably much prefer if we did overwhelm her. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing your story. That's okay. Thank you for letting me tell it. Thank you to all my friends who came from all over the world to share my amazing birthday with me and took the time to sit down and chat about our experiences together. As you may have seen on Spotify, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. So please head to the podcast page and hit that star button and give it a rating. As well as if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you were to rate a review.